but my mom's trainer at Sweetbriar College, I feel like it was in Maryland, did give me a dressage lesson or it was a clinic here. The whole thing sounds like a teenage novel series. The latest yes. in the Sweetbriar books. <laughs> the Sweetbriar. I think <laughs> that was... female college I, bring their horses. I think... Oh, what's happening in Sweetbriar? <laughs> Howdy and welcome to the Three Stride Podcast, where we take a humorous look at the equestrian world. Here are your hosts, Laura Fernandez, Julia Hansen, and Molly Heroy. Giddy up. Welcome to the Three Stride Podcast. This is Laura Fernandez, and Julia and Molly are on PTO again. Just kidding. They're not on PTO. Um, <laughs> it's work but I, stuff, right? I, yeah, it's work stuff. But I um, I dragged, oh, I didn't really drag him. My husband, JC Fernandez, is here. So he normally is editing, but he is now going to edit live and produce me live because he's here in studio. It's good to be here. And we're about two hours away from the start of Hurricane Hillary right now. So when everyone's listening to this, hopefully everything is okay. Yes, I know. We're recording this, uh, obviously, prior to Hurricane Hillary actually making, was it landfall? Land- yeah, it was in Baja, California. Baja, California. So I am very hopeful everyone is okay. We live in Las Vegas. And this morning I I woke up, I went to our local grocery store. For me in Las Vegas, we had a big temperature drop. So we went from 100 degrees down to 65. So that's like Colic City right now. So I went to the grocery store. So my... Um, Keeping all the horses hydrated, obviously the top priority, but I pick up apples, uh, apple juice, carrots, watermelon, load it all into a bucket. Each of them gets to enjoy it to make sure that they're hydrated. Then I walked in. Meanwhile, I had toast for breakfast this morning. (laughs) Toast. You were not hydrated? (laughs) Did you drink a lot? No, I'm just saying what the the horse's breakfast. Yeah. Watermelon, apples, carrots. Carrots. Apple juice and I just had toast. Yes. A little splash of apple juice. (laughs) Not too much. Not too much. I don't do Gatorade because I think Gatorade is too much sugar, but little apple juice. They were all going nuts for it. And then I checked their hooves. I walked them off for 20 minutes. Uh, Our fridge is barren when I open it. There's nothing in here. Yeah, it's all it's all with the horses. I went into the grocery store and the checkout gal, she was like, you, you really like apples, don't you? I was like, I have horses and watermelon. Uh, so loaded them all up. Whereas everyone else is buying water for the storm that's coming through. Yes. Apples, apples, apples and watermelon and apple juice. Did you buy those pellets for the storm that sucks up the water? Yeah, I did. Um, I th- may have over ordered though. I ordered 20 bags of those. <laughs> it may be too much. How much per bag? I think it was uh, 10 bucks per bag. What? No, you did not. I did. Are you serious? Um, yeah, I ordered 20 of them. And thankfully, you know what? You spent $200 on pellets today? Yeah. Did you just have to do the math on your calculator? That was a pretty simple math. Julia would be disappointed in you. Um, Okay. Yeah. So I spent that and then um, probably about a hundred bucks in apples. So 300 bucks this morning on making sure the horses will survive uh, Hurricane Hillary. My thing I really need next. So right now I drive a midsize SUV. That midsize SUV, I want to go all in. I want a truck. I want a truck. Like a Ford F-150? Yeah, I want a big pickup truck. That's what I, next goal. Because then I was thinking about the Bronco, but I don't think the Bronco is big enough. Um, no, Bronco is really cool, but if you want a truck for hauling stuff. Yeah, I want, I want. Or, or Jeep Gladiator. It's okay. Like a Jeep pickup truck. 
oh, I want that. But then my thing is, I don't think I can lift those wood pellets. That's what I was like. I did get some yeah, help. That's a pallet of pellets. That's a semi truck delivering pellets to the barn this afternoon. No, uh, our trainer ordered 50 bags. So that was a true yes. So she ordered 50 bags. She ordered 50 for an entire stable of horses. Yeah, I you said 20 <laughs> for three horses. Math doesn't work out. I want to be overprepared for all this. Okay, so we get, um, first off, thank you always for, for listening and downloading and subscribing to the Three Stride podcast. Uh, but we do get uh, questions. And because Julia and Molly aren't here, I was um, couldn't think of any content. So I appreciate having a list of questions that I could answer and my Husband JC is going to ask me them. This is what we do, interview style. I love an interview from my husband. What is... Wait, you're going right into yeah, it? I'll go right into it. Come oh on. Oh my gosh. Time is money. What okay. is... What is... This is actually a bunch of people ask this question. What is your horse journey? Okay. I will uh, give you the quick elevator pitch because I do think that I've spoken about my horse journey before, but I grew up uh, Bucks County, Pennsylvania, about 45 minutes north of Philly, an hour south of New York City. I started riding when I was five years old. My mom rode, her mom rode, but we. I started, I was a lesson student, uh, and I pretty much... Uh, 12 years old, started working to be able to afford lessons. And that was what I did all through right before I went to college. So when I went to college, I did stop riding. I went to West Virginia University and was really focused on school. But in the back of my mind, I was like, you know what, I got to figure out a career that's going to be able to afford me this. So that's where I got into ad sales. And and I started riding. You and I got married in 2007. Well, I it should be more of a statement and not a question. I know. In I had 2007. Our anniversary's coming up, September it 15th. Is. How many years? So that'll be 16 years? Julia's the one with the math. I know. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> 16 years. So after you and I got married, I was in a, a spin class. And I was like, oh gosh, this is so boring. And my mom was like, you got to get back into horses. So I got back into riding, um, started lessening, and then my first lease, I guess, was at 27. I half leased a horse. And I did that for a couple years. I did not buy my first horse, I feel like, until I was maybe 28, 29. Uh, so I bought my first horse. And then that's pretty much been my my story. And now I'm going to be 41. And I own two, Garcon and Contact. And then I lease one. 41 on Saturday. Oh yeah, August twenty sixth. August twenty sixth coming up. Virgo. There was you mentioned your mom riding horses. There was a neat little moment where there was a a trainer was was in visiting yes. in a clinic here in Las Vegas, and she also taught your mom. Yes, it was so wild. So my mom, both my my parents were uh, professors, and my mom did her undergrad at this college called Sweetbriar. And Sweetbriar, you was I think it was an all girls school. I'm not sure if that still remains. <laughs> the same, but you were able to bring your horse there. And it was a full riding college program. And obviously, there's a lot of colleges that have this, but Sweetbriar was specific for that. So, my mom, her trainer at Sweetbriar, came out to Las Vegas. She was, I feel like a dressage trainer because mm-hmm. my mom did hunters, then I'll 
also did fox chasing and all that stuff. And But this trainer came out to Las Vegas and I saw in her bio that she was a trainer at Sweetbriar. Come to find out, she taught my mom. So it was a really, I mean, when does that happen? Mm -hmm. But my mom's trainer at Sweetbriar College, I feel like it was in Maryland, did give me a dressage lesson or was a clinic here. The whole thing sounds like a teenage novel series. The latest in the Sweetbriar books. (laughs) I think that was- All female college when you bring their horses. I think- Oh, what's happening in Sweetbriar? I think that was Sweet Valley High. Sweet Valley High. <laughs> Sweet Valley High. It Sweetbriar was the cheaper version of it. <laughs> I think it does. It sounds like a Lifetime movie. <laughs> Hallmark Channel. Sorry, and Carolyn Doherty. <laughs> um, one came in. It was for, for all three of your girls, but since you're here, I'll ask you, how do I balance my career and horses? Okay. And this is something I definitely would love to hear from both Julia and Molly. Um, Julia has obviously a full-time, very high demand career, and Molly has a family and uh, runs her own business. Uh, But for me specifically, you hear me say timestamp a lot, but I do look at my day and I have 16 hours in a day. I wake up at four, I go to bed at eight. Then I back into what I need to accomplish that day. So that's, that's riding, whether it's working and I'm with work, I really do like calendar block by project. And obviously there's things that come up with my team and you have to pivot, but I do make sure that I'm blocking out for the full week. And that block also includes riding. There are some days because I have three horses, there's some days that I wake up at 3.30 in the morning and I get some work done or stay up a little later, or I have a trainer ride um, one of my horses, or there's some days I can't get out there because of work. I will say I work seven days a week. And I think that's where how I balance the horses and my career is that I do work seven days a week. In my mind of, because a lot of people, they take PTO, pay time off, or they go on vacations. The way that my mind works and what I need from a PTO standpoint is I need two hours with my horses. And then I feel the same reset that maybe uh, a vacation would give me. I don't really take PTO, even when I'm at the horse show. Again, I look at those little blocks of time when I'm on my horse as my PTO because I, you know, this. It's like you and I are not really vacation people. You and I both really are into uh, work and taking those moments. Uh, for me, it's like horses. For you, it's maybe going to the gym. Um, I feel like I, I know, I feel like the horses are a little bit more powerful. Well, I, I also, I have a car show that I do on yes, you YouTube do. and that, and that's a, a passion project and there's big goals for that show too. But that's, I truly, someone asked me like, how do you balance work and the TV show, the radio show, and you got a car show, each one of those could be a job in itself. I'm like, yeah, that's correct. But I love all three of them. I mm-hmm. like doing that car show is a passion. That's my, me going out and spending an hour filming a Camaro is the equivalent of you going, going to the barn to, and riding for two yes. hours. I truly enjoy it. Yeah. But that's where I, the way I balance it is I'm going, but I also, the way I have always dealt with, um, my, my brain does need to go and I'll, I know when I need to take a step back mm-hmm. and I need to, um, reset because also my most important thing 
in my life is my health. I always prioritize my health above everything else. And that's my mental health. And that's my physical health. Because I think when I've battled um, Crohn's disease for, gosh, I mean, again, I wish Julia was here to do the math. 2003? 2004. 2004. And that's where I'm always also managing how my health is and whether it's physical or mental. And for me, it's just, it's getting everything done off my to-do list. That sounds a little neurotic. No. Well, also I think too, there's people that talk about how do you find that work-life and personal life balance between the two. And I think speaking for you too, to me, it's just life. Yeah. I, I, I do. I love doing the radio show. I love doing the TV show. I love doing all of it. I work with some of my closest friends. And so to me, that's just, it's just life getting up to do, doing the TV show in the afternoon. Oh, you got to work. I'm like, no, I'm going in to do a TV show. Yeah. You know, that's I, it to me. It's just one, it's one thing. They're not, three separate things. I, I, that's so well put. And I agree wholeheartedly. There's, I think so much in people's career and their passions, they're like, okay, we got to balance it all. But it is, I look at every single day is how much life can I live in this day? Mm -hmm. And that's where, yes, maybe it's a little bit uh, next level to look at my 16 hours and like how I'm going to fully maximize it. But that's, that's the way that I function, and that's the way that I truly am, am happy, am at peace with everything. What's what, what time of year do you like the best? Do you like it when it's summertime, so you can get up super early, go out and do the horses early in the morning, and then you're getting your work stuff done and doing your calls? Or do you prefer when it's October, November, December, when you can mm-hmm. wake up and do your calls and then go to the barn later in the afternoon? Yeah. So I work East Coast, West Coast hours. So I've, um, I know you always laugh at that, but I do work East Coast, West Coast hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I actually, I prefer when I can just wake up at 4am and start working mm-hmm. and get about like four or five hours of work done and then go ride, then go back online from a work standpoint. Right now is a little tricky for me because I wake up and I go right to the barn and then I'm feeding the horses. Yes, we have a um, whole team that feeds the horses, but I want them fed an hour before I ride. But then I, I feed the horses and then I'm working in the, the office. Yeah. And I prefer to work um, at home first and then go. Get all your work. Yeah. Because Peace of mine too. Yeah. Because my, um, I also know, uh, we, you and I talk a lot about our flow state, but I also know my flow state mm-hmm. is in the morning. So if I can work for a couple hours, get all my work done, not my all my work done, but I can get a lot done um, first thing in the morning and then ride where I'm still crisp. I, I am not solid when it comes to um, the late afternoon, evening. I always uh, save the easier projects that are more like, okay, I just need to build a Google Doc later in the afternoon. And then riding, oh, I am not solid when it comes to afternoon or evening lessons, not one bit. Here's one that came in. Uh, What is one of your biggest regrets when it comes to your horses? Okay. Mine, uh, for anyone that's heard my story with my one horse contact, contact has had two tendon injuries. First one, he actually, he had, he did cast himself in his stall. Second one, I feel like we started, we jumped him and it was diagonal limbs. Sucks. Like those are career ending. He's had two tendon. Really, I will never jump him again. Um, I will tell you, he's coming back from the colic. He feels incredible. The best he has ever felt. But my regret is with contact because I definitely 
did some like when I was showing him, I felt like I was riding in survival mode mm-hmm. um, in the show ring. And he took some really long spots, short spots. I, I wasn't, I was riding so much out of fear and I wasn't as accurate as I am now or as mindful. Like I was like, I just need to survive. Like I just need to go around the course. And I wasn't as in tune to the horse's movements and not whipping them around the corner. So I, I have a major the biggest regret is I how I used to ride contact and how I was not accurate when I was coursing him and I was not mindful of that because that's one thing with Garcon and Sylvan or any horse I ride, like that's like my main goal with jumping and with flatting everything is to be as accurate and ride them all very well. So there's injuries maybe will be more preventative. What's one of the things that keeps you up at night when it comes to your horses? Everything. <laughs> like everything. Like Hurricane Hillary, I'll tell you. Last night, I don't know if you noticed this, I didn't sleep at all. I was thinking about it. I was really like, I kept trying to, okay, Laura, get get yourself back. Um, it's fine. They're going to be okay. And when I, I made that comment of what's my top priority is my health. And that goes right back to the horses as well. I'm always thinking about their health. And it's, it's tricky because... I fully trust the facility and the bar management and the trainers and everyone that is taking care of my horses. But there is a piece of me that, gosh, I mean, one day I'm going to have Fernandez family farm and I want to look out the window. I want to see the horses. It always brings me to tears. I want to see the horses and I want to have full control of their care. Be able to walk out at night and check on them versus having to get in your car and drive 25 minutes. Yes, every every night. Would you get cameras ever and put them in the stalls or would you become obsessive and constantly watching the cameras? Gosh, I would love that, but I do think that that would be next level obsession. I mean, I would... 24-7 watching them? Yeah, but you know how... um, So this is one thing. It's like... Again, I always say it's next level, but I do give myself um, a specific amount of minutes for any like social whatever. And I was like, I would need to timestamp myself of looking at videos of them, limit myself because I think I would be on there more than Instagram. Just 24-7 watching. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Before you wrap things up, I I found something because I wasn't sure if you had enough prep for the show. So I have something I want to give to you. What? This is from BuzzFeed. The BuzzFeed, you know, BuzzFeed quizzes? Yeah. BuzzFeed quiz. What kind of horse person are you? Take take care of a horse to find out, okay? Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. What kind of horse person are you? Okay. Choose your horse's breed. Thoroughbred, quarter horse, four-legged, or warm blood? Warm blood. All right. You really looked this up? Yeah. I'm impressed. Choose your horse's color. Palomino, <laughs> bay, chestnut, or black? Oh, okay. I, I am... Always have had bays, but I, okay, I love chestnuts. <laughs> chestnuts? Wait, no, 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 no. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to go bay. Bay? Final yes. answer? Yes. Bay, okay. Choose your horse's marking, paint markings, star, socks, or blaze. Oh, this is really tricky for me. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, socks. No, 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 no. I want to ah. go. <laughs> you can change it. What is it? Okay, star. Star. Choose your horse's age, 1 to 3, 4 to 10, 11 to 18, 19 to 30. 11 to 18. Choose your horse's temperament, clever, 
hardworking, loving, free-spirited. Oh, what were they again? One more time. Clever, hardworking, loving, free-spirited. <laughs> I'm going to go loving. Choose another trait for your horse. Competitive, trustworthy, friendly, brave. Trustworthy. Choose a discipline for your horse. Show jumping, barrel racing, dressage, pleasure trail riding. <laughs> How to show jumping. <laughs> I like when you read them. Choose an accessory for your horse. Polo wraps, breast collar, horse blanket, bitless bridle. I'm going to do uh, polo wraps. What, where is this going to go? Choose a way to bond with your horse. Trail riding, <laughs> bareback riding, grooming or grazing. Trail riding. What kind of horse person are you? Turns out you are a cowgirl. Oh. It says riding comes naturally to you, and you've probably thought about finding a career with horses. You're laid back and always try to have fun while working with horses. You might have a lot of friends in the equestrian community, and you're always willing to lend a hand. You might think about starting a podcast. They really had that then? No, I did that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That wraps it up. Oh. I like that. Julie and Molly are back next week, right? Yes, they're back next week. And uh, you can catch new episodes every Tuesday. And follow us on all social channels at the Three Stride Podcast. Thank take that quiz yourself. BuzzFeed, what kind of horse person are you? Oh, very good.